choices on silver products, it's important to find only the most safe and effective brand for you and your family. Silver 100 is Dr. Bill Deagle, MD's choice for the most advanced and powerful silver technology. Light years ahead of all nanoparticle, colloidal, and all other silver formulas. As a stabilized 100% form of the only lethal to pathogen silver ions, delivered across the gut and tissues to the target pathogens. Clearance and elimination of all harmful viruses, bacteria, fungi, and most hey, parasites. Uh, GCN, are we on the air? daily illness and chronic... Hey, hey, there we go. It's the music that I was looking for. Thank you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think there was some switches that were crossed in the wrong direction in the control room. And uh, thank goodness. We we got it uh, ironed out thanks to uh, whoever it is that's doing the board operating there. Thank you. 800-259-9231 is the number. This is Free Talk Live, and we are here to take your phone calls about whatever you want. Uh, The man making the noises over here for a moment there is uh, Wayne. Good evening, sir. Good evening. And who else do we have tonight? And Mark. All right. So uh, 800-259. 259-9231. You can bring up anything coming up. Uh, we will talk to you about, well, uh, pretty much whatever you want. Uh, still to come, though, uh, we've got news about a, a man who is doing some driver's license disobedience. Uh, we'll talk about that. And it's uh, it's from our friends over at the CD Evolution Fund, Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. Uh, let's go first, though, to your phone calls. Pete and Adam are with us, uh, who are no strangers to civil disobedience and non-cooperation. You're calling from the road as you are uh, with out, or you're out and about uh, across the country, driving from uh, east to west and then west to east, all the way across and back uh, from New Hampshire to California to, to Florida. Uh, you are on the way out west as we speak. And uh, you are from LibertyOnTour.com. Good evening, uh, Pete and Adam. Good heavens. Hey, thanks for having us on, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, as always, I've been uh, itching to uh, to have you you guys on because a few days ago you were arrested as you were stopped in Denver on one of your many stops, one of your thirteen uh, stops that you'll be making during uh, Liberty on Tour. You were at a, a football stadium there, the Denver Broncos football stadium, and were arrested uh, for a, from what I understand not showing identification when your papers were demanded of you. So let's focus on that for a little bit, and then we'll talk more about what else is going on with Liberty on Tour. Sure, sure. And it's not so much that we refused to show our identification. We were asking why, because the officers just came up and didn't say much of explaining anything to us, but just demanded our papers, and we were asking if we were legally required to do so, to show us the statue, and if we were under investigation. So... And, and they so did. they they decided that they didn't want to answer any of those questions because they're not used to answering questions like that. So if you ask to see the statute, they're like, "We don't have to show you the law. We're just law enforcement officers." Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, we ask those questions, and without getting answers, we're placed under arrest. And you know, when when that happened to me, I went limp, and then they started asking me if I was going to be like a child, and I was refusing to talk because I'm under arrest. Then, so I, I don't have anything else to say, and. Uh, they, they just try, went, went to mocking me or, uh, you know, trying to call me names. Well, do you have any, any fun with them? What's that? Did you have any fun with them? I mean, you could cry like a baby or something. Or <laughs> I mean, I think the other people are standing around that were filming as well uh, got a kick out of it because it, it obviously showed the uh, demeanor of the officer who was, I mean, he was yelling and then trying to mimic us, and, it, I mean, it just made him look really bad. So you weren't the only uh, two out there at the Denver Broncos game. What brought you there in the first place? 
Well, yeah, this is Pete. Adam and I, you know, this time around with Liberty on Tour, uh, we want to be do more outreach and talk to folks that haven't yet been exposed to the ideas of Liberty. So when we were in Philly, we were going to go out and do outreach at the Phillies game, but a thunderstorm, and we're out here in Denver, just happened to be uh, when they're playing the Steelers, so we said, hey, let's go out. And uh, a lot of, some of the local folks came out, helped us do outreach. It was going really well, too. And then, you know, like Adam mentioned, these guys just came on, and they had a real aggressive demeanor originally, and they wouldn't uh, answer our questions, so... Just kind of aggravate the situation. Yeah, I mean, essentially the plan was we have, you know, a bunch of advertisers on board. You can go to liveryontour.com slash advertisers and see the great list of folks that are there. A lot of them have given us flyers and booklets and things to pass out. So we bundled those all together, put a rubber band around them, and we said, hey, free beer uh, in Marv, and if you were coming for a beer, you had to take a packet. And that's essentially <laughs> what we said. We made signs, we made packets, and uh, rather quickly, um, somebody from Invesco Field came by and clarified the policy, which we did check prior to going to this out this football game, um, what like tailgating was and if you could give away things and and so on, pass out information. And there were no rules about it. It was mostly about like open fires and bottles of beer and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we had we had gone through that checklist and did that. But then when we arrived, we were told we couldn't promote that it was free beer, but we're free to say. Uh, come on into our RV for beverage or for free drinks or something at that time. Well, they could so, tell yeah, by so your we, they could tell by yeah. your vehicle that you were uppity slaves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. After a while, but I mean, originally the Invesco uh, field folks and some cops drove by on golf carts like maybe four or five times, and and uh, the, some of the cops were real receptive. We had conversations with them, and right now as we drive, we're like two hours east of Reno. But Adam and I have been taking turns driving while the other ones editing the video because we did get our cameras back on Tuesday morning from the Denver PD and. Uh, they didn't delete the film, so we, we're uh, hmm. we're hoping to uh, post that tonight. Should be oh, great. pretty good. Yeah, that was uh, one of the most surprising aspects of the story was that they stole your cameras, and you've had your cameras uh, stolen by the cops in the past when you've been arrested, and you you haven't gotten them back. Uh, in this case, they gave them back to you. How did how did you manage to pull that off? Well, this is Adam again, and uh, I actually have to give my mother credit uh, <laughs> for uh, giving me the idea. She said. Denver Police Department's a very big police department with lots of police officers. You might just be able to walk in their ass, play to their ego a little bit, maybe even the I'm sorry card, and uh, you would get your, your cameras back. So I spent the, the Tuesday morning calling a bunch of the stations, or Monday morning, excuse me, calling them, and ended up finding out that the arresting officer or his superior, his superior, could uh, give us those back. Well, um, neither one of them wanted to return my phone call, so Pete and I decided to go to the headquarters we met a sergeant after talking to a few people because the one guy's like, nope, this is the policy. That's the way it is. And I said, well, I'll talk to the next guy up. Just give me the next guy up, and we'll keep going. And uh, the, the next guy up was a sergeant who came out. We talked to property. Um, I kind of told him, like, and property, I said, well, somebody else told me this uh, when they were still trying to stick to the policy. And they said, fine, whatever. We'll copy the footage and give you guys your cameras back. So it took about two hours, but they ended up giving us um, our, our, our cameras with footage. I'm amazed by that. That's just When we were arrested in Greenfield, we tried to go back, but the officer they put us in contact was, was Todd and Dodge, the one who arrested us, so there was no chance of that happening. Mm. Here at a bigger police station, you know, the officers weren't even at work. There's multiple uh, substations and other things, and you're on the headquarters. Plus, Denver's got a really bad rap right now, so like we were telling them, like, we have flyers and things like that, so... And we would make this a, a kind of a big stink when I had called a bunch of them. So it might have had a little bit to do with it as well. 
So you guys are out. You're handing out free beer at uh, Denver Broncos uh, Stadium. At a tailgating party, which, you know, no big deal. They come up. They harass you over it, uh, and they ask for identification. You ask them some questions about, you know, whether you have to actually provide that or not. And then to reward you for your questions, they uh, put you well, in some be, bracelets. To, trying to be informed citizenry, right? Like, you know, tell me the statute that says that I can't, you know, do X. And we don't, don't have know. to. We've got these handcuffs. We, we make crap up. So, but, since when do people who think they're in power want people, to, uh, the citizens, to be uh, informed and educated? Well, they don't. Well, they're going to pretend like that's what they want. So you guys were taken down to the substation at the uh, the actual facility, right? Or the uh, the stadium? They they didn't actually take yeah, you down. The, yeah, at the stadium where they took us. But I just want to back up too and let folks know that um, the police were actually called because uh, the, the same two alcohol control women that had walked around several times throughout the day, uh, several hours later, came by and said, "I had to stop saying free beer." And so, and she said it in the kind of like a like a, a tone that. You know, like, oh, you guys can't say free beer. And so I took that as like, okay, the word free is wrong. So I asked if I could say, can you come have a beverage? And she said, yeah. So then I grabbed the microphone and, and said that. And uh, she took offense to that, that I, she thought that I was mocking her, and which is why she called the police to begin with. Um, but then they later tried to say that they thought that we were handing beer out to minors, which is completely false. And you, you, you see the video. Um, they, there are people backing up that didn't say that. Now, we weren't carting everybody, but we were only approaching people we were sure were of legal drinking age. Mm-hmm. So what, do you, uh, what sort yeah, of charges are you all looking at in this case? Uh, I was charged with interference, resisting, and disturbing the peace. So it's something I, I really don't understand. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's all set all, you know? All right. Hang on. We're gonna bring you, you guys got more time, right? Absolutely. All right, more with Pete and Adam from LibertyOnTour.com. We're going to get an update. We're going to, I guess, maybe a little more on the Denver situation, what's coming next there. Also, what's coming next for Liberty on Tour? Where are they headed? Uh, maybe it's uh, to a city near you. LibertyOnTour.com, their site. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in at 800-259-9231. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those, including news updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that uh, you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up. You can follow our emailed updates or our Twitter profile profile or facebook head over to news.freetalklive.com and get on board again news.freetalklive.com uh ian wayne and mark here we've got pete and adam on the phones uh where are you guys calling from tonight on the road uh, we're about two hours east of reno right now we're gonna get there tonight is, and now is reno your next uh your next stop on the itinerary 
technically not a stop, but we're going to go there and uh, work for a little bit, uh, upload this video. Adam's going to maybe play a little poker tonight if, if uh, <laughs> he can. And we also may go out and do some cop block stuff. <laughs> nice. And uh, after that, we'll probably leave in a day or two and then head down to Bakersfield and do some uh, some stuff down there that Adam's been covering. Yeah, there's a story in uh, Bakersfield where uh, where you guys covered even the Kearns County uh, story back in, uh, I don't know, March or whatever that was, where the woman had six sheriffs break into her house, basically, and some other folks have been harassed by uh, Bakersfield uh, police officers and have contacted cop locks, so we're going to stop in and maybe make a few videos there. Yeah, and then after that, we're going to go up to Malibu, where the uh, uh, raw milk uh, place just got raided. We're going to talk oh. to some folks, get nice. that lined up right now, and then... Nice. Uh, on down to San Diego, where there's a real big and active group of volunteers, and we're pretty excited about the uh, about we'll the outset. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. Well, that's fantastic. You guys definitely have your uh, your trip laid out. Folks that are in the area can learn more over at LibertyOnTour.com. You just left Denver not too long ago after being uh, waylaid by the police. Uh, you were handing out beers to free beers to people in the parking lot at the Denver uh, Broncos Stadium. They arrested you for basically not being obedient serfs. And uh, you're facing several charges in that case. What? How are you going to handle that? I mean, now you've got you've already got a case uh, that's uh, that you're. I guess you're countersuing from way back when you guys were doing motorhome diaries. That's still going on down in Alabama. You've got uh, you've, you were arrested in Massachusetts. That's going to be going to trial in January. What are the dates going to be looking like for uh, for coming back to uh, Denver? If if you're planning on coming back. Well, yeah, that's just it. this is Adam, and uh, I can't speak for Pete on what he'll do with his charges, but for me, um, the ticket says you have to wait 10 days, call this number, and then show up for court or, or something. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming since they didn't hold us and they, they didn't make us sign any paperwork or try to get some money out of us to get out, that these are just fine. So since I got my camera gear back, I could care less what they say or how much money they think I'm going to owe them. I'm not going back to Denver uh, just for that case, we got other obligations and literally on tours going to be going on. So uh, that's my approach. As far as Mississippi, where we got arrested for MHD uh, filming police officers as well, um, that trial is December 1st, and then we have one that's January 10th in Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah, Quite a calendar you've got there, guys. <laughs> oh, it's it's uh, not something we want to do, but uh, for me, my charges, I have two, Adam had two uh, the same charges that I had, uh, which was interference and disturbing the peace, but. You know, if you, when we post the video, you'll see that the people that were doing that were the folks with badges. And then mm-hmm. my third charge is uh, resisting a lawful order, but I didn't hear anybody. Uh, the orders I heard that day were, like, aggressive, and, uh, you know, so I don't think I did anything wrong that day. So, again, I'll probably uh, do something similar to Adam. Yeah, and my, my thing is that we didn't, resi- we didn't refuse to give our ID. Uh, we asked why. Had they had told us, right. which they, they covered later, that it was because they thought somebody was giving some beer to minors, uh, we very well might have complied with that. Well, if, because, mind you, I asked at one point, you'll see on this video that we'll post tonight at libreantour.com slash Denver, so in like two hours you'll be able to see that. Um, you'll see in the video, I asked them, who's the victim? Uh, where did you see, you know, who is claiming these things against us? Because the only people that had claiming anything against us was the alcohol control people and the woman who was mad that I mocked her mm. or what she thought was me mocking her. So, I mean, there, there was no... Uh, basis or uh, proof to that that uh, you know allegation. 
there is some early video that has been uh, released by uh, other sources. Uh, some of the other folks that were, I guess, standing around. We've posted some of that over at freekeen.com, so folks can take a, an early peek at what's going to happen. But you guys obviously are going to have the best video that's going to be really well put together. You do a great job at editing, so I'm looking forward to seeing that later tonight at libertyontour.com. Uh, so you guys are continuing across the country. Everything is otherwise. I guess you're going to be still pretty much on. On are you are you pretty much on schedule as far as your dates when you were expected? Yeah, we're about to be behind, and that's why we, we were, at, we're actually like off of the side of the road on an exit here in the middle of nowhere in Nevada, but we're doing an all-day drive day to get that caught up, and we've shortened some time like uh, in Utah, and we shortened this stop here in Reno. But I'd also like to say we have we have had a little bit of mark troubles. Uh, he mm. acted up on a sensor and a couple tires. So if anyone's interested in getting one of those cool Liberty on Tour t-shirts, they can go to libertyontour.com slash support. And uh, get one of those for a twenty-five dollar donation, and to really help us out. Yeah, they're they're fair, apparently conversation starters. I uh, I know somebody that uh, that purchased one, uh, and they were I guess at a concert of some sort, and people were asking questions. What, what's Liberty on tour? So it gives a good opportunity to explain what you guys are up to, and maybe talk about freedom. So, and they're pretty cool logos. Yeah, and introducing a bunch of great organizations like LRN and Free Talk Live. For sure. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Anything else we're missing out on as far as what's happened between uh, the last time we spoke with you and now? No, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Again, I just say thanks to everybody who's given us tips and uh, support us and uh, come out with us and doing outreach and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, we heard a lot of good feedback from folks saying, you know, they've tried to do similar stuff in the past, but there was some real good synergy and a lot of people are meeting each other and working together. So uh, please do hit us up, give us some uh, feedback and come on out and uh, meet some other good people in the area. All right, guys. Well, I hope the Denver thing works out for you. I'm a little concerned you might end up getting a failure to appear or something like that if there ends up being a, a court date, and that could what what that will result in. I don't know if they could like extradite you from uh, from New Hampshire down the line or something. There's still like a that. ways off from making that decision. Uh, you know, I mean, at this point, they're they're within uh, within a couple of days of of, of dealing with the cops. They're uh, you know the emotions need to to, to cool down, and then they can make those decisions. Yeah, I, I understand that, and I am, am going to uh, think about how it may affect the other cases or how it may affect, you know, potential advertisers in the future if, um, you know, if we do another project and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll make a good decision, I hope. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, my, my mindset is uh, Denver Police, I'm in the Shire. Come get me. <laughs> I fully support it. Thanks, guys. Uh, look forward to hearing from you again, and uh, hopefully you won't get arrested too many more times out there on your uh, your journey across the country. Thanks for the call tonight. That's not the goal. Uh, the goal, goal is to educate, so hopefully the cops let us do that. Right on. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Good luck out there. Drive safe. That's uh, Adam and Pete from LibertyOnTour.com. Uh, great, great guys. Uh, they started out in Keene, New Hampshire several weeks ago and have been heading westbound ever since, making stops off in places like New York City, Philadelphia, St. Louis, uh, then Denver, and now heading uh, westbound out to, uh, to California. And the best part is what they're doing is making people think. Uh, and and I, even the cops, you know, a lot of the cops are not thinking about what they're doing. They, they've been indoctrinated, they've been trained, and they think they're right. And, and so by them doing what they're doing with these the Liberty on Tour guys, what they're doing is they're questioning and they're starting to, over time, what this does is this actually gets the, the so-called law enforcement agents and the, the so-called peace officers to really think about what and why they're doing the things they're doing. And that's very helpful and useful. I hope so. I certainly think that what they're doing is likely going to be more effective on average folks as they're reaching out to them. They're doing things like fully informed jury association outreach and just just 
flyering people uh, with uh, things like LRN.FM flyers and I think freeteam.com. It's most, I think it's most useful because they find people who believe in liberty. They talk to them about the Free State Project. They get them to sign up and move back here. Yeah, that's going to be really one of the most useful things because they, uh, they've they got their own testimonials about spending time in New Hampshire. And I think they're, they're pretty powerful spokespeople for this movement. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You've got the world's greatest Labor Day barbecue set to go. And then you run out of gas. Don't risk running empty. Change cylinders quick and easy with Amerigas. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio and enter your zip code to find one of 27,000 locations near you. And while you're there, print out the $5 rebate coupon. That'll buy another steak. Keep the grill fired up. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. Coming up, Wayne, you're going to tell us about the welfare state of Finland. Uh, apparently not going so well for them over there. We'll get the details on that. 800-259-9231 uh, allows you to dial in and bring up whatever you want. Also, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. Head over uh, to shrine.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done. It works for plaintiffs and defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer. And it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four CD course in a single weekend. The course is written by a, uh, a man with a doctorate of, ju- in ju- of jurisprudence. So uh, it is complete. I have taken it, and I believe you'll find it valuable. You can get it at jurisdictionary.com. It's jurisdictionary.com. All right. Again, 800-259-9231. To the amp lines, we go to Joe calling from uh, come. Calling from New Hampshire. Hello, Joe. Hey, hey guys. What's going on? Hey, what's on your mind? All right. So you guys were talking about uh, Burning Man last night, and I've been to a, a number of festivals, and I've been to some that have been actually uh, bigger than Burning Man. There's one in um, one in Tennessee that happens at the end of June every year called Bonnaroo. I've heard of it. And yeah, it, it, like it can pull like ninety thousand people into now, it. Like, how long does the Bonnaroo like, uh, go for? Is it a weekend or a full week or what? Uh, it's like a, a Thursday to Monday morning type mm-hmm. of deal. So it's like, I guess it, it, people start showing up like Wednesday, but music starts like Thursday night and the big bands, uh, happen all day or the, the like the, the headliners start officially on Friday, I guess gotcha. you would call it. But, um, so, so, I mean, this was my second one going to the first one, uh, it was all right. This one, I went with a group of people, some that I knew and some that I didn't, you know, it was just a lot of friends that we all just took the trip from New York and we just drove down. And um, this one guy who I didn't know, he uh, he was bringing down a half pound of herb with him. Um, one, uh, he had an ounce to his head, and then the rest he was just going to, planning on getting rid of when he was down there. You know, sure. A lot of people see these things as money-making, you know, adventures. Um, so, I don't know, it was pretty uh, pretty good fest. It was pretty uneventful. Um, but Saturday morning, uh before before people were waking up, had to be like eight or nine in the morning. It was me and this kid that uh brought down these bags with him. And we're just sitting sitting on under under our tents on a table and we're about to uh pack a bowl and all of a sudden these two guys just walk up and uh they're both rocking mustaches and aviators. Uh-oh. And so, you know, we don't <laughs> yeah, we don't think anything of it because I mean 
I mean, we've been on mushrooms. We've been doing all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's like an arts music festival. People sure. are, you know, it's very open and uh, uh, very open and blatant drug use. So these guys just come and uh, sit down right at our table, you know, just take a seat. And uh, they're like, what's going on, guys? <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, we, we just sort of sit there and shoot, shoot the S with them for a little bit. And then, uh, you know, they, it, it obviously comes out that these two are police and uh, pretty much just steal this guy's bag from him and write him a ticket. <laughs> like, wrote him, like, a $300 ticket or something in Tennessee. Wow. But, I mean, the guy had, like, an ounce. Like, I mean, this is, I guess this was, like, five or six years ago. But in Tennessee, I figured, like, an ounce would be, you know, like, a, a sizable amount to be caught with. But sometimes it, that's, like, the the line that some states draw is an ounce or over. Sure, it may very well be, but uh, they, they, you know, just wrote him a ticket. They didn't make an arrest. They didn't actually, uh, you know, cuff him or anything like that, huh? Oh, no, no. They didn't even, like, search his bag or anything. They, they took... Uh, they took my other friend's pipe, which was he just bought it the day before. He, I, you know, he was passed out in his couch, and it was just out and about, and so we were using it. So they took that, and they took uh, this guy's bag, and the re- they claimed the reason that they gave him a ticket was because I made like a snide comment at him. Like, I mean, they were, I mean, they were just pretty much extorting this guy, and I was, I was just fuming mad. Like, I was pissed. Like, I mean, you know, they just just showed up and acted like, you know, like, oh, we can just come up to your campsite, sit down, and steal, you know, whatever we want. And I don't know. So I had some wet wipes. And if you're ever in the South camping, you need wet wipes just because they're useful as hell. So anyway, so I'm taking one and I'm you know cleaning myself off. And he like one of the cops jumps up and you know was like, what, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "You know, I'm grabbing a wet wipe. What do you think I'm doing?" He's like, "Well, what are those for?" I'm like, I'm "Like for wiping your ass, dude. What do you think they're for? The wet wipes." <laughs> and he's like, "That's it. He's getting a ticket." And you know, and then they went off on him. But so I mean. These things can get pretty police state-ish. I've been to other ones where uh, we they call them ninjas, but late at night, like men with you know pretty much like SWAT gear, you know, all black, some machine guns, go mm. running through the woods in these things looking for nitrous tanks. That's another thing wow. that they uh, uh, that they really don't like. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's mostly because it's like explosives. I think you know because one of these things could go off and make a big boom and have a giant fireball. But sure. you know, it, it's a for people who don't know, nitrous oxide is a uh, well. They use it as laughing gas at the dentist, but it's like a disassociative drug, and you know it's like 15 second high. And uh, at these things are, it's called like hippie crack. But yeah, so they'll send like SWAT guys in and like raid tents and stuff, trying to find tanks. Um, so I mean, these things can be kind of scary if you're not as well if you're not being careful if you're dealing in the wrong types of substances, I suppose. But. So, wow. My, uh, well, by the way, I just checked uh, Normal's website, normal.org, N-O-R-M-L.org, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. They've got a great uh, little map that you can click on any one of the U.S. Uh, states, and it'll give you a, a rundown of the current legal status of various uh, cannabis-related so-called crimes. And possession of any amount in uh, in Tennessee is a misdemeanor uh, with a maximum year in jail and a mandatory minimum fine of two hundred fifty dollars uh, if convicted, so I don't yeah, know how I that. I think it was two fifty plus whatever fees that hmm. he was, and it was just something he could mail in. He asked, he's like, "Do I have to come back for court?" He's like, "Nope, just nope. you know, here's the envelope, mail the check, just, and you'll be all right." Just ringing, <laughs> just ringing the cash register. Yeah, yeah that. Uh, well, I'm glad that you came out of that all right. I mean, all things considered, it it certainly could have been worse, and you know, clearly it sounds like they were just shaking people down. Oh yeah, and that was it. And you know, every person, like I mean. 
pretty much at that point, once they left, I went and ran to all our neighbors, you know, up and down like the street, you know, yelling, listen, these two guys, plain clothes. They look like cops if you don't, you know, recognize them. They will, you know, steal stuff. And I don't, I didn't hear um, from anyone who said that they were bothered by any of these two guys. I almost kind of wonder if I never, like, saw this kid again. You know, I, I met him. I drove down with him, never saw him again. And so I, I don't know whatever happened to him, but it just just screwed up. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. These guys, they're just such a bunch of uh, party poopers. They can't stand having people having a good time, uh, and they always want to come out and ruin people's uh, fun. Nobody was being harmed by your actions, uh, and even in the case of the nitrous tanks, uh, you'd have to be pretty stupid to be uh, putting a, a nitrous tank right next to a campfire or something like that. Yeah, that just seemed like a bad idea. I suppose... Stupid people well, well, can be there. Yeah, I don't know much about nitrous, yeah. but uh, you know, I I don't like the idea of any in- inhalants. Uh, oh, I mean, it does have a medical purpose. I mean, they still use it in dentist offices and stuff. And yep. pretty much most of the uh, deaths that occur with it are from people who hook up rigs to feed themselves like a constant supply of oh. it, and their rig like malfunctions, and they just ended up uh, suffocating on just breathing nothing but nitrous. I've heard that so. uh, some people die or get seriously harmed because they will hook the t- they will just take a hit right off a nitrous tank. And that oh. will uh, essentially freeze their lungs because yeah, that's the I've reason. Yeah, I've never heard of that, but that'll definitely do it. That's the reason uh, people will, uh, you know, put them in balloons before they take the, uh, the the hit. They will fill a balloon because it allows it to, uh, you know, to essentially warm up to room temperature effectively uh, before it's actually the dose is given, so to speak. Anyway, thanks for the story tonight, Joe. Anything else you want to share? Uh, no, that was pretty much it. Very good, sir. Thanks for the call. Appreciate right, hearing from night. you. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And again, with people doing uh, inhalants, again, Mark, uh, inhalants tend to be some of the most dangerous of the recreational drugs. And it's because people, uh, first of all, they don't know what the heck they're doing. Many of them are very dangerous no matter how you uh, you, you take them. No good way to huff uh, metallic spray paint. Absolutely. Or gasoline. But the reason why kids are huffing uh, gasoline and spray paint, of course, is typically because they're prohibited from getting their hands on marijuana or other uh, more benign so-called illegal uh, drugs. So because they can't get anything else, it's not hard to get their hands on the spray paint that's in dad's garage or the can of gas for the lawnmower or something like that. Uh, so really, some of the reasons why you see any deaths from inhalants is because well, people, young people can't get their hands on anything else. It's Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, and you'll find that the features we give to you while those other talk show hosts are charging for them. Uh, so enjoy our free website, freetalklive.com. But if you can, you, you're welcome to support us on a voluntary ba- basis by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh, you enter through that link and Free Talk Live will get a portion of Amazon's profits, amazon.freetalklive.com. 
com. And I did find out something that's a little, maybe a little bit, uh, could be a little frustrating. I had somebody check with me. Sometimes people get a little paranoid about whether or not their orders were uh, were given, whether we were given credit when they placed an order there. Because when you when you go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, it doesn't say you were referred by Free Talk Live, you know, anywhere on the, the, the site. When you first go in, you'll see Free Talk Live, our little code up on the, the URL. But after yeah. that, it disappears. disappears. So you don't know. And so sometimes people get paranoid, and like 99 times out of 100, I find what they what they had ordered. But one guy was uh, wanted me to check on things, and I found some of his order, but I didn't find some of the other items. Well, it turns out what he did was he placed multiple orders, and I guess the Amazon's uh, policies say that there, there's the session ends when you've when you've placed an order, uh, hmm. basically. So if you go in, you Free Talk Live gets credit for your first order. If you place one order and then immediately add some more items after that and then place another one, we mm. may not get credit for that. So if you, if you place one order and you want to place another order, just go back to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Just, just re-enter the site through our link, and that should take care of that. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, I, I'm surprised that they do it that way, but they do That's it that my way. understanding of what may have happened. It's the only real explanation as to why some of his stuff was uh, we got credit for, but the others we didn't. So hopefully that kind of explains things for those of you who might have been a little concerned. Uh, just be a little cautious. If you've already placed one order, go ahead and just go back in, enter the, re-enter the website through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. If you you know if you forgot something or you needed to place a second order immediately after your first one, so hopefully that's clear. Seems like it. All right, Mark. What's next? Um, it's 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 not very often that the people that believe in liberty have a an election that really matters that they can uh, participate in, and I think that the the election uh, that's that's going on in November between uh, Nancy Pelosi and John Dennis is a very important one. Nancy Pelosi, huge political player in Washington D.C. You mean Nancy? We have to pass the health care bill so you can see what's in it, Pelosi. Uh, yeah, that lady? before before you you find out what's in it, we have to pass it. Uh, that guy. Um, you yeah, know, she's she's terrible when it comes to to uh, you know what I love, you know what I, I really bugs me about her is is she 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 kind of talks slowly to people like they're second graders as she lies to them right to their face. Well, that's uh, but that's what politicians do, right? She like especially they, she's like the the school marm, you know, who just talks to you like looks down at you and, and lies to you and you know uh, and, and if you cross her, boy, watch it, she's gonna strap you right across your behind. So many uh, it agreed, and and many of the uh, the Ron Paul Republicans that are out there, it it's it's been hard for me to uh, to to really get behind because they'll they'll have these glaring anti liberty stances in particular areas. Mm-hmm. I found uh, you know there's a candidate out there, John Dennis, who it doesn't have that kind of glaring inconsistency. And we've had him on the show. Yeah, you've endorsed people voting to voting for him and giving him money, uh, which that doesn't happen every day. You endorsing a political he candidate? he seems to be a pretty good. Pretty good guy. And you know, in that, in, in that district, too, in, in San Francisco area, because there are a lot of people who are liberal-minded, they they're not going to like a neocon Republican anyway. The be, a person the, that has the, the best chance of winning as a Republican in that area is a libertarian Republican. Right, one who's against the war. Yes, against um, the war. Right. And, and he won the primary. And, and he won the primary against an established Republican. You're right, Wayne. I think it's 13% or 19%, but one is the first digit of the amount of people who are registered Republicans in, the, in mm-hmm. San Francisco um, in this, this district. So you know as well as I do the only way you can get – around this kind of political player, Nancy Pelosi isn't campaigning at all. Well, she this doesn't believe she has to. Well, this guy's a real anti-war candidate, yes, too. Yes, she's mean, not. Antiwar.com is, from what I understand, real friendly with John Dennis. Absolutely. 
So uh, this guy is worth supporting. I've supported him, and I recommend that you do too. Because you can't vote in San Francisco. If you're listening to me, it's likely, unlikely that you're in San Francisco. Get an opportunity to vote. And your dollars make more uh, headway than your vote your vote does anyway. So you, anywhere in the, in the country, can support John Dennis um, in his bid against Nancy Pelosi, and you can make a real difference against for this uh, real pro-liberty candidate. Where would one go to do that? Uh, JohnDennis2010.com. They're they're doing a fundraiser right now, as you can imagine, right? <laughs> they're running a political campaign. Uh, you can donate. They make it very easy. The same. They have the same format as the Ron Paul, uh, you know, donation page. It's 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 beautiful and good looking, and he's endorsed by Ron Paul. So go and do it, please. All right. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be sure nice to have another thorn in the side of the establishment in Congress. Let's continue with your thoughts. Uh, Tom is in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, Ian Wayne, Mark. How we doing? Hey, Tom. Just what's calling on that Burning Man episode you had on the other day. Yes, sir. The Burning Man uh, police state crackdown. Apparently, according to one of the, bar- uh, the Burning Man, uh, I guess the burners, the bar- barristers that are out there, uh, that uh, things are getting worse uh, with a increased police presence. And uh, d- Yeah, dr- I read that. Read that report. It's got emails on that also. I was there uh, three, four times, so yeah, I attended that. A good place. I always wondered if uh, we should have had a Liberty Camp there, and I heard you were interested. We got to get together one of these days. Maybe next time you're in Grafton. <laughs> Yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be a lot of fun to go out to Burning Man, especially to bring out you know the ideas of freedom to those folks. Uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes they've made is having it on federal property, which basically means that uh, it's open season for the cops to come in there. I mean, according to the reports, they're they're walking dogs through people's campsites, sniffing for drugs. They are shaking people yeah. down. I mean, it's it sounds yeah, that terrible. was common. It was low key before, but it sounds like they're. Um Beefing that up. One year they had it on the Indian reservation. I'm not sure why they didn't go back, but I'm not involved in that part. Hmm. So, what did you want to share? I mean, about your experience? Oh, been there like I say three times. Lose count after a while before I found the Free State Project and made my move to New Hampshire. So that's taking my time and energy and money. You know how it is. Sure. But uh, yeah, um, really, it's a great arts, music, um, free cr- creativity place if you want to see something that's out there that's that's the place to go and it's a it's 24 hours seven you know seven yeah, days yeah. a week 24 hours it goes pretty much it's maybe it slows down around six in the morning but uh that's that's about it uh, it's really a lot it looks <laughs> pretty intense relative. yeah, yeah. <laughs> slows down is relative if you start going at midnight you wonder how these people would even stay up but uh yes it's, drugs uh, help with place. that uh from uh, what i understand well, what a lot of people don't realize is um, half of these people, if not more, I just took that number out, are professionals. I mean, uh, I go out there, I work for the dispatching with the emergency services there. You got EMTs, you got doctors, you have a mesh um, hospital set up like. Yeah. They got uh, a volunteer. You can imagine of a city of 40,000, uh, they put together in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's pretty ama- It's an amazing event. When was the last year you went out? I believe it was oh seven. Oh, okay. So not too uh, not too long ago then. No, it was. I think it was oh seven. And did you notice anything um, changing? Because it was oh seven when th- they started to get more complaints about the police state. Had you noticed? Uh, had you noticed an uptick uh, in that year as compared to the other years that you you'd attended? Not really. It seems like they pick on certain groups. Um, you know, you can profile which groups might have a lot of 
lit things and mm-hmm. they go after them most likely and they just walk around looking for the obvious. You sit back and you're not obvious, they kind of leave you alone. Campsite we're involved with were laid back and whatever was going around, you know, it's in the privacy of your tent or the inner sanctum where they were not coming in without a cause. Gotcha. Now I heard it's still different to get more uh, offensive. Thanks for sharing your story tonight, Tom. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, and thanks for the call. The more the uh, the police officers uh, get away with stuff, the more they're going to, you know, push. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's their job to go and find things that are illegal there. They're not looking to prevent robberies. They're not looking to investigate rapes. They're not looking for uh, murder suspects. They're there busting people who have, uh, you know, drugs, illegal yeah. items, uh, things that they want, you know, that they want to alter their consciousness with. And, you know, for better or for worse, humans like to alter their consciousness. And That's they'll just... do it regardless of whether there's a law against it or not. Right. Even those cops, I mean, they probably went home that night and had some beers. Cracked open some beers. And, you know, who's to say? Why is it that it's okay to have beer and it's not okay to smoke pot. Because some people in a legislature said so. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. Because they the know beer everything. Lobby, the, the, the alcohol lobby is significantly more powerful than the marijuana lobby. Mm-hmm. That's why. Well, yeah. yeah, and you have a small group of people making a lot of money on illegal drugs like marijuana. And back when marijuana was criminalized, uh, it was just as much about hemp production as it was about That's marijuana. True. Because true. the big endowments and, the, and some of the wealthy financiers had timberland. They didn't want competition. They wanted their timberland to be worth more. But now the cops don't want their drug money to dry up. They don't want to um, lose the asset forfeiture that is so sweet for them to be able to steal people's cars and homes and other property that is so-called associated with uh, with drugs or drug users or whatever, drug dealers. And so there's a lot of money in it now for the cops, and they don't want that to go away. Hour number two is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. You'll find that there are a lot of features there, and they're completely free. Uh, So head over, get interactive. Uh, In fact, you can actually submit different 
show prep suggestions to the website for our other listeners to enjoy and for us to look at as far as uh, considering them for on-air purposes. Uh, it's a good way to influence the stuff we'll talk about on the on the radio. You can go to freetalklive.com. When you find something on the, the Internet that you think our, our listeners will enjoy, you just submit that URL to the site, and then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike your submission. And the most liked will make it to the front page in the top of the website. Uh, so head on over there and get interactive uh, it's all free over at freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones in the fun. Corby is in Texas. Corby, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, guys. I have a weird coincidence today, and I wanted to tell you about it. All right, sure. Okay. I was listening to your podcast yesterday about the jury nullification, and one of your callers was saying the downside of it is the possible racist racism and dismissing you know, racist murders about that Emmett Till case, which I had never heard of, which is really disturbing. Because when I was 14, I said some stupid things. I mean, I've said stupid things now, but when you're 14, you're not, you know, the case really disturbs me. But the coincidence is I bought this audible book this morning. I hadn't even listened to it yet. I was going to listen to your podcast first, and I started listening to it. The book is called uh, A Conversation with the Man. It's about a black comedian named Jackie Mann who grew up, you know, in the, the days of the real races, you know, the, between the 30s to the 50s when America was almost as bad as the Nazis, just not quite sent him to the chambers. But mm-hmm. anyway, he's telling the story about why he didn't fight these group of white people that were calling him because of the, he, you know, he brought up the case of that in the Till case. And I just thought it was strange that I'd never heard of the case. And then inside of an hour, but he mentioned money, Alabama, and I thought that sounded familiar. And then he goes into the same story about the, the in the Till case. So I just thought that was a strange coincidence that between your show and this audible book I bought this morning, they mentioned it. So I think it's money, Mississippi. No, Money, Alabama, I believe it was. Okay. Oh, it is Money, Mississippi. You're right. You're right. I'm, you're right. But anyway... Yeah, that is, it's uh, funny how that is, or or maybe it's just one of those things like where if you you know you get a new car or you you all of a sudden get you your eyes on a, right. a a car, you start seeing them everywhere. So it could be one of those things. Maybe you'd heard of it before, but it never really stuck. There's also that possibility. Right. And, and the other thing, the last comment was about your last comment about why marijuana can't be legalized is, you know, I would love to get up and get in the front of the you know I'd go post and protest every day at the courthouse, but. People's jobs depend on, you know, such a ooh, taboo thing that, ooh, you, you smoke marijuana, you're going to get fired from your job. Yeah. That prevents people from being able to speak out unless you happen to be self-employed. That's or, true. You know, people are you- scared. They're intimidated uh, by all the stupid consequences that will ha- possibly happen to them if they are outed as uh, marijuana users. Uh, and I suppose even if they aren't marijuana users or even if they even if they don't want to come out as a marijuana user, they could still speak out against prohibition, but maybe they don't want to be labeled as a possible marijuana user, and so they're just too afraid to even do that. But, you know, if you want to work with alcohol in your breath all the time, I think you probably have just as bad, if not worse, a stigma because – you know, people don't want to work with drunks, and they don't want to hire drunks. Yeah, that's true, Wayne. But uh, but he's talking about just coming out in favor of ending prohibition. I mean, that if you come out of the closet as a marijuana smoker, the consequences could be much greater than somebody who works at a job saying, "Yeah, I drink at home." But you know, uh, that but you know what? It's not going to get you fired. Sure, but I, I'm not a marijuana smoker. But I I talk with people a lot, and I tell them that I don't I don't agree with the uh, prohibition of marijuana, even though I don't do it myself because of principle. And I think if you if you express it that way and you qualify it, then it shouldn't be a problem with most people. Corby? Yeah, my mom lives in Mexico right now, and she even wrote me an email the other day that the way to get rid of the violence in Mexico is to legalize drugs in the U.S. She just can't believe that the U.S., the cops think they're so needed that we'll have chaos if we don't have, you know, them and all their rules and regulations. But I just think it's, you know, just an amazing, you know, it, it just, we're supposed to be the land of the free, and to me, alcohol is 100 times worse for the body, and you can't function. I know some drunks that 
how they keep a job and drive is amazing, you know. Well, there was a period. There was a period in the '80s and early '90s where the whole war on drugs really took off, and a lot of politicians were on, on running for office, saying, "We're going to hire more cops. We're going to hire more cops and more judges, and put these drug traffickers away and these drug dealers." And and you know, I used to do volunteer work in South Central Los Angeles back in the early '90s. And I remember talking to this lady one time, and we were talking about the violence down there and everything. She starts telling me how, you know, the government's bringing the drugs and, and the uh, high-powered weapons. And, and, and you know, and, but she said it with such conviction. She looked me right in the eyes, so I couldn't deny it, even though part of me was a little voice inside me saying, well, I don't know about that. And then about a year later or so, there was an article in the San Jose Mercury News called, I think it was called Unholy Alliance by Gary Webb, where he pretty much documented the whole thing. And, I, I mean, I was so shocked about it. But um, again, this is this is another example of problem, reaction, solution, where we're you know they they create a problem and then they get everybody in an uproar and then they they ride in as the saviors with the solution, the the, the laws. So the war on drugs, really. Right. Um, the, the Patriot Act was uh, was introduced. What three? It's seventeen hundred pages. I might be wrong on that. Fourteen hundred. I don't know. Some uh, an inordinate amount of pages. It was introduced. What three days after nine eleven? So and you it was ready to, to go off yeah, the shelf. You have to check my facts on this. It may yeah. be four days or something like that. But it was a, it was very quick and it was all ready to go. And it makes you wonder how did they write that up? That quick. It, it, they didn't. They had it going all along. It was like this thick. I, I've seen it, you know. So, so a lot of these things that, that we're, we've seen, we've experienced, you always have to watch out when they're getting everybody afraid, you know. There, used, there was a, a, lot, a lot of drive-by shootings in, in the L.A. area when I lived there, and so everybody was afraid. And so everybody wanted more cops on the streets, and look what happened. They begged for tyranny, and they got it. Corby, any other thoughts? And that's it. Thanks, Thanks for, for the call. Yeah, appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So from uh, Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, cdevolution.org, it's, uh, I think the site's been redesigned within the last couple of weeks. There's uh, our, our buddy Sovereign Curtis is up there smiling at you at the top of the page when you visit cdevolution.org. Of course, the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund set up to support those uh, liberty activists who are out there on the streets doing civil disobedience and non-cooperation and standing up uh, for liberty in a way that most people are unable to for whatever reason. They've got families, they've got other uh, you know things that they they have to deal with that they're just not. The time is not now for most people to do civil disobedience. So there's a, a select few that that can and do and uh, they deserve our support that's what i think at least that's one of the reasons why i'm one of the board members of the cd evolution fund and jason tally as uh, is our uh, executive director over there and he's doing a great job of kind of putting everything together and putting up uh, fresh blog posts and now he's doing the the calendar which i think is going to be really useful where he's keeping track of all the different trials and court uh, appearances that the civilly disobedient folks are are going to which is a great thing because uh, until the CD Evolution Fund, there was no real one central location that people could go to uh, to learn about what's coming up. Uh, when is uh, Sovereign Curtis going to have his trial? How, you know, where is it going to be? All the details that you need to know, you're going to be able to find over at cdevolution.org. And uh, we want to focus on New Hampshire because – New Hampshire activists because it's New Hampshire where the action is. That's where the real primary uh, level of civil disobedience is in the liberty movement. But we're starting to see it pop up elsewhere. And uh, and one of them, uh, one of the activists that's doing some civil disobedience is a guy named Seth King. He's the creator of the Daily Anarchist, which is, uh, I think, his blog site over at dailyanarchist.com. And he's a future New Hampshire mover. So one of the reasons why he's getting uh, the attention here by CD Evolution, I think, is because he is a Free State Project participant. He plans on making the move, uh, the making the new the move to New Hampshire. 
Which may mean uh, that I don't know if I agree necessarily with his choice to do civil disobedience in this case, because, well, if you step out of uh, step out of line and you just pop your head up above the waves and you don't live in New Hampshire, it can be a lot more difficult to give you any level of support. Yeah, it can it can really uh, put a crimp in your moving. But some people they just get fed up, they get yeah. sick and tired of what the the state government people are doing and they or the feds are doing, and they decide I can't wait. I want to make a stand now for whatever it's worth. And so he wrote about his decision to allow his driver's license to expire. He's being very public about it with a letter to the editor published in the Auburn Journal and uh, a blog post. So we are going to share uh, Seth's thoughts on why it is he is taking this uh, this step, why it is that he is letting his government identification expire, not renewing it, and presumably will continue uh, transporting himself uh, with some sort of automotive method. Yeah, one would think. So we'll uh, get to his post here in a little bit. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything, because I do like to talk about civil disobedience wherever it's happening. I happen to find it an incredibly powerful way to get people talking about ideas of liberty. More coming up. You take control. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us, including our listening options. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well, and they both run around the clock, so you can listen to the latest episode for free there at listen.freetalklive.com. Antiwar.com, your source for anti-war news and views for 15 years, is having their quarterly pledge drive. This is the kind of organization where if you don't give, they don't exist. Uh, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI knows this, and that's why he's donated his live read time to antiwar.com. You can strike a blow against the empire and give to antiwar.com. Just go to antiwar.com slash donate. They've got a telephone number there if you prefer to use the phone. It's antiwar.com slash donate. All right, so uh, here we are. We're going to continue your phone calls, and then coming up we'll give you uh, Seth King's reasons that he is not renewing his driver's license and presumably will continue to uh, you know, to drive from point A to point B, at least until they throw him in a cage. Uh, let's go first, though, to Nathan calling uh, somewhere in New Hampshire. Nathan, where, where are you at in New Hampshire? Oh, I'm in Keene. Oh, okay, very good. You're uh, listening to uh, LRN.FM. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, the Federal Reserve Board is on my mind tonight. All right, what about them? Well, they're a really terrifying entity, and the way they came into being is really kind of scary, and the way they exist and they're treated in the media mm-hmm. and society just terrifying. What do you mean by that? Terrifying in what way? They, well, all right. First off, they're not a federal organization, it's a private organization. Uh, but they're always mentioned right after a federal, after the Senate or after the Congress or after some sort of thing that's serious. 
Well, they do have an agreement with the federal government to basically uh, fund them when they can't get loans from anywhere else. And the president uh, appoints their chairman. They're the ones who make the money for everything. Oh, yes. They're the bankers that took over. Oh. And the, the, the government is actually kind of indebted, too. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm, what I'm, I, I agree with you completely, and that's because they are the exclusive provider of the, uh, the money oh, yeah. for, the, the for the government. Currency. Yeah. And that fateful Christmas, or was it New Year's Eve, or I think it was Christmas Eve when they actually voted on it, and they voted to waive the quorum rule, and, and there were only a few of them to, that voted on it. And then, then who's, who's them? Uh, the, uh, I think it was the Senate. Wasn't it the Senate? Yep. Uh, yeah. And, and most of them went away for Christmas vacation, and just mm-hmm. a couple of them remained behind, and they voted to waive the quorum rules, because the quorum rule says you've got to have X number of people there in order to form a quorum so that you can legally vote on something. So they waived that, and there were maybe three or five of them, not many that hung behind, wow. and voted it in and then i can't believe that nobody you know they didn't come back and 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 uh you know uh repeal it or something oh yeah crazy well the thing that's terrifying me now they're talking about with the after our economic downfall we have they're going to make sure it doesn't happen again by giving more (laughs) control to the fed exactly Uh, but they're having them control wall street but wall street is the fed yeah, well, there's largely a lot, there's that's a, true. Yeah, yes. it's a very incestuous relationship, and you know, you hear pro, uh, pro-Fed cheerleaders in the media talking about how, oh, things were so unstable. That's why we had to form the Fed. No, a small group of bankers were the ones well, who they, they were unstable, but they were unstable so they could make the Fed. Well, exactly. What they did is like the Panic of 1907 was orchestrated by the big banks who wanted yeah. a central bank. Because if they have the central bank, then they control pretty much everything at that point. I mean, right. he, who, what is it? You uh, have J.P. To have Morgan. Bank yeah, he who controls who, fiat currency. Yeah, he who controls the money uh, need not worry about uh, what laws are passed, etc. I mean, you literally are in control. So, so while they aren't a federal government organization per se, uh, they are intrinsically tied in uh, with and work there's, together there's with the, the federal government. Uh, the head guy is appointed by the federal. Uh, yep, that's true government but that's about it it's a private organization oh, yeah among a pool was, of, of of people that, that are in that little club so well, yeah and, and what was really interesting is the way that they started um it, there's a great book called the creature from jekyll island and mm-hmm. i highly sure. recommend it yeah. sure yeah um, um, in fact the creature from jekyll island is a tome i mean it is an incredibly oh, yeah. difficult book uh to, to get through it's it's academic but rewarding uh, what's that Rewarding. What yeah. about dishonest money, though? Yeah, Mark? dishonest money. I find, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a book uh, that uh, it's written by written by Joe Plummer. I find it to be sort of a, a primer on uh, the creature from Jekyll Island because if you hand the creature from Jekyll Island to someone, <laughs> you might as well be asking them to read uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, yeah. and Leviticus. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's it's that difficult to get through. Um, whereas somebody can get through the what 180 pages, maybe 200 pages, something like that of, of dishonest money understand the basics of of the the monetary system without having to you know invest all that time you know the other thing the federal reserve has that uh is a little unusual for the average bank is that they and of course you could argue that all the banks are essentially extensions of it but nonetheless they they have the federal government going around and crushing their competition uh nathan are are you aware of the uh, the liberty dollar 
Yes, so, I am. So you're familiar that uh, the federal government basically went in and stole all the gold and silver from the, the folks doing the Liberty Dollar and yep. essentially uh, ruined their business and stole money from all the people that uh, stole the metals, precious metals, uh, that were backing the thousands of certificates that were out there for the Liberty Dollar. And so basically, if you get too competitive, if you if you come up with an alternative currency and you start to become a, a threat, even the, just to show up on their radar, because the Liberty Dollar wasn't exactly a huge threat, but they were the biggest uh, of of all, uh, then they'll do whatever they can to take you out, and those those folks are still facing criminal charges now. Another thing that's interesting about the currency, uh, you go back to the late 1800s, there was, uh, in the East Coast, and in the Boston area, a, a pair of lawyers who tried to get the federal government to allow them to go through the proper channels and, and ask politely and put in all the paperwork signed and stamped to make their own currency, because you should be able to. Mm-hmm. And across the country in, in uh, California, uh, our only emperor, Emperor Norton I, uh, Emperor of America and Protectorate of Mexico, uh, simply uh-huh. made his own money and traded it. And people thought it was hilarious, and it's the only other currency that's been freely, uh, freely exchangeable. Who is this? I'm, I'm not familiar. Emperor yeah, Norton? About this. Emperor Norton, yeah. When was this? At what, what time? It was, it was like during uh, Mark Twain's time. Oh, okay. Huh. And how did how did that hand, uh, turn out for him? He died. He got a uh, he got a, a massive funeral paid for by the city with a big procession. Uh, he's got a big monument out monument out there. Yeah, it turned out pretty well for Emperor Norton. One of the, I think one of the most important things we can do, I think the Federal Reserve is a huge issue, and uh, one of the most important things we can do is come up with alternative currencies, and preferably decentralized alternative currencies to where... And also, the, in, in uh, Ithaca, New York, they're doing a lot of stuff. They came up with their own barter currency within the community. Yeah, the Ithaca Hour. I think there are a number of communities that are trying to get that going. Yeah, that's the Ithaca Hour. It's time-based, and uh, some folks would point out that it's not quite as, uh, as good of an idea for an alternative currency as maybe uh, precious metals-based, but Hey, I'll support you know anything that it competes with the Federal Reserve. As far as I'm concerned, is a, is a good thing. Whether it's ours or or silver or whatever they can get out there, banana peels. I don't care if uh, if it holds value, which banana peels don't. But uh, if, it, if it you does, you can at least use them for composting. They're for, they're more valuable for composting than dollar bills. But we need to see more alternative currencies happening. And it's a good thing you're in New Hampshire, uh, Nathan, and that you're concerned with this because we've got liberty-minded folks that are coming in here as part of the Free State Project, and there are at least two alternative currencies out there right now uh, that are that are being put together by, there's the Shire Silver uh, folks and there's also Toscash and so there's a couple different models that are already uh, that are you know being experimented with I, I wouldn't say either of them have really taken off at this point but they're brand new uh, so hopefully we'll see more innovation like that and if we can get New Hampshire to secede uh, then that'll probably make things a little more uh, a little easier for people to get in and start competing in the world of, uh, of alternative currencies. I thank you for the call and the thoughts tonight at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice, 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kid should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 
take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're free. Uh, So enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours for free. Last week's worth right there at the top of the page. Click into the archives section and go all the way back to late 2006, all courtesy of HostGator. Right, HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. It doesn't matter whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. You can let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. If you use that portal, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. So it's important to do that. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. Over at CDEvolution.org, there's a story up uh, thanks to uh, Jason Talley, the head of uh, the, the head of the organization over there, the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. And he's talking about a uh, somebody who is, I guess, intending to move to New Hampshire I'm not sure how much more difficult his choice is going to make that move because he is deciding that he doesn't want to wait until he moves to New Hampshire before he begins civil disobedience. I tend to recommend against this particular tactic. If you're planning on making the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, if you're going to join together with hundreds of other like-minded people and, and be, an, be an activist for liberty, why would you want to start on doing such taking, why would you want to take such risks without having a support network? Uh, CD Evolution is only going to be able to do so much for Seth, but we're promoting him and uh, getting the word out about what he's doing. And this is a fairly unpopular form of uh, of civil disobedience, but nonetheless, I think it I think it deserves to be mentioned because I I support it, and I wish more people did uh, have the courage that Seth King has here. As uh, he writes, I'm I'm not a, it, you support it. I'm not of the opinion that uh, driver's license uh, civil disobedience is the probably the best place to start. I don't think that you're, uh, uh, you know, the people understand that particular issue very. No, I think well. you're right. I think they don't understand it at all. Um, but nonetheless, everybody's got their issue. Everybody's and got their got issue. Something there's something that the government does that just ticks them off so much that they say, in this case, I don't want to have your government papers anymore. I, I'm just because I don't have, uh, you know, I haven't renewed my driver's license doesn't mean I'm not a safe driver. Uh, so I think that you know, logic is certainly on his side. It's just emotion that is going to get in people's way as to uh, it's basically the slave on slave mm-hmm. mentality here. We'll touch on that here in a moment. Let me read his uh, explanation. This is what he wrote up on his blog over at DailyAnarchist.com. Well, today is my birthday, as well as the day that my driver's license expires. I have to say, it feels quite liberating to soon be exercising my liberty without permission. In taking Gandhi's advice, I decided to be open about my disobedience, and indeed he wrote a letter to the Auburn Journal. Uh, I guess that's the, the area in which he lives. Gandhi says that civil disobedience should, be, uh, should never be something that is kept secret or hidden from the authorities. I want the world to know that my conscience is clean and that if any crime gets committed, it will have been the state who holds the guilt. Last week, I wrote a letter to the editor of my local newspaper explaining my actions. My mother also forwarded the letter to many of her friends. Soon thereafter, she received several emails warning her that she should discourage me from civil disobedience. And that's what most mothers would do, I think. Uh, she was warned that young men get raped and beaten in jail. Another noted that if I were to it's get California, in, I mean, I don't know what it's like. It's certainly the, a very big state. And, is Auburn in California? I guess yeah. I was confused. It's I Northern it California. Okay, gotcha. Uh, another noted that if I were to get into an accident, that I would most likely be the one found guilty simply for lacking permission to drive in the first place. Secondly, if the accident were bad, I could potentially spend years in prison. Others, including many commenters online, and there are some nasty comments on this newspaper article, or this uh, letter to the editor that he wrote. Uh, Those commenters online figured I hadn't fully thought this through. 
Rest assured, I've thought all of this through. I've spent the last eight or so months considering all of this. I'm well aware of the violence I am facing and the difficulties in life that accompany not having permission to drive. I'm thankful that people close to me have warned me against my actions. It means they care, and what's more, it means they're thinking. But I cannot help to notice that in all the warnings I've received, there was never a moral argument against it. Nobody defended the current government monopoly of transportation or licensure in general. Every argument made was to dissuade me was an argument of based in fear. Uh, essentially, I was told I should continue obeying an immoral, dangerous, and inefficient system simply because of the repercussions I will face if I do not. Perhaps. And that would be my suggestion, too. I mean, you know, I, my, my recommendations are based on fear for his well-being. Perhaps it is my faith in God or the knowledge that millions of men and women throughout the history of the world have risked everything for a little more freedom that prevents me from kowtowing to a system I no longer consider legitimate. Whatever force that may be motivating me, I pray I have the strength and endurance to persevere through the coming storm that is facing me and the world in general. So he mentions that uh, men and women have uh, you know, faced down uh, their fears for a little bit more freedom in the past. And I think that the likely the it seems to me the most important um uh, you know bits of civil disobedience out there have been about uh you know seeing some kind of change that uh that people could get on board with, you know, publicizing it, uh, making it make sense for people. And I, I don't know that the idea of, of choosing not to get a driver's license makes sense to people. They just don't understand why it well, is because they've been beaten that. into submission by the state. I mean, they've been told that, well, if you don't have our little permission slip, then you're a bad driver. And uh, and there's there's scary laws out there that are intimidating people into uh, into obeying. I mean, that it's really this, this this mentality of obedience that if you aren't obedient, if you aren't one of the pack, if you don't do as everyone else does, then you're a troublemaker and you're a problem in society. And it's I think it's that you'd likely see licensure in um, in a private market, uh, a free market situation. Uh, people would want to know whether someone is competent enough to operate a motor vehicle. And you know, government. Yeah, but that's not what this is about. But it would it's, it's it's probably indeed, be optional, not. just like certification in some industries. Is optional just to show that maybe you're more qualified than somebody else in a truly private kind of anarcho-capitalist society. People, some people would have no driver's licenses, but that's how it was 150 years ago, too. Of course, cars weren't as fast, but they were also far less safe, too. Well, I would think that if somebody in a free market world were driving dangerously, it wouldn't matter whether they had a license or not. Right? I mean, you're driving dangerously. Yeah, I don't think a, license, a, a driver's license is, is, is a disincentive to drive or an incentive to drive more safely. I think driving safely is an incentive in itself. Well, anyone that's ever taken, at least in Florida, which is where I took the uh, the driver's test, I don't know what it's like in the other 49 states, but anyone who's ever taken the test down in Florida knows it's a flipping joke. Indeed. Mm-hmm. The, the, you can be a monkey and be blindfolded and pass that test. Sure. Most of your learning how to drive is uh, based on getting on the road and learning how to drive with other right. drivers around. But, you know, in those tests, it's just a couple basic things, the, the numbers that you have to memorize. When I, when I moved down to Florida, I had to get my Florida license and I had to go through the test. And I sat there and I read the manual for maybe 15 minutes and I went and take, took the test and passed and got my license. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing's a bit yeah. just a the whole thing is just a money making scam. That's not just about money. It's also about obedience, because it's very important for the state government people to have you having their their permission slip card. They they use this card for a number of things. It's not just uh, yeah. drivers. I mean, it's going to be hard for Seth to buy alcohol now because a lot of cases you may not drink it. 
but you know what I'm saying. A lot mm-hmm. of people do uh, drink alcohol, sure. and it's, it's, I think it's fair to presume that he may have the occasional drink. How about and, using a credit card? I mean, a lot of times uh, store clerks will ask you to see your ID regarding your credit card. Are, well, yeah, well, is, it, is a store clerk checking an, an age on a driver's license in that case? I don't think They're so, or, or an signature. expiration. Generally. Right. He could still keep his old license if he wanted to and maybe still get away with uh, It's not with valid, though. It's not valid. Well, that's just it. There are only some cases right. in which getting they're going to... Getting on a plane uh, with, with a, you know, without a license can be very difficult. It's possible, though, I think, still. I think that's still possible could to be. do today. I did it. When? Just uh, about a month ago. Okay, so there you go. Uh, so it's it's not going to make life impossible for Seth, but it is going to make things more difficult. And he may very well be looking at uh, at some jail time. I know that up here... If you get uh, a certain uh, repeat offender status, they'll start putting you in for you know mandatory minimums for driving around. <laughs> it's crazy the the draconian level of punishment that they throw at people who have not put anyone else in danger. You go and you talk to anybody that's spent any time in jail for driving while suspended or you know restricted driving, etc., whatever, breaking some sort of silly nonsense uh, driving rule. It's not because they put people in danger. It's because they didn't renew in time or they didn't renew and then they kept driving when they were told not to or whatever. They never actually hurt anybody. It's just that it's all about obedience. And I say congratulations to Seth for being willing to stand up for that. I think it's a mistake to do it in California. Uh, well, there's so many more things you could do civil disobedience for here in New Hampshire. More coming up. You take control. Free talk lot. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there for you, including uh, various different things, everything from our bulletin board system to the chat room. There's a lot of different ways to get interactive with other listeners. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com and get a list of things you can do to help get Free Talk Live on the more uh, on the air and more uh, markets and uh, bring Free Talk Live to more ears on the internet. There's a whole list of things over at promote.freetalklive.com. So uh, one of our listeners, uh, at least, yeah, I think he's I'm pretty sure he's a listener, Seth, Seth King over from uh, DailyAnarchist.com, writing about his choice, his decision to, to, to let the driver's license that he had in California expire. And it's a, an incredibly risky form of, uh, of civil disobedience. I mean, it is likely in not too short an order going to uh, – or not too long of an order of time going to get him pulled over. And uh, probably first thing that's going to happen is he's likely going to have his car impounded, uh, which is going to be pretty expensive because then you've got to pay hundreds of dollars to – uh, to get the car out of the impound lot, and likely some of that money is going to go to the very government that he doesn't want uh, to support. Indeed. Uh, so you pretty much got to be prepared to lose your car uh, in advance when you, if you're going to do something like this. And so, presuming he pays to get the car out of the impound lot, then he's already, you know, putting money in the government's pocket. I don't know what it costs to renew the driver's license down there in Florida. It's like ten bucks. Uh, 
So you're giving more money to the state in that uh, in that particular instance. So if it's it's clear it's it can't be about uh, money. It can't be about the, the paying of money to the state. It has to be about the obedience and how crushing that feels for. Right. Him. And I think you could do far more by getting a horse and uh, you know <laughs> riding. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I think you can you can ride the horse. You could explain to people why you ride the horse. You can engage people in conversation. Do you need horse insurance for that? I don't think I don't you think do, so. No. And you could get a wagon too. You could get a horse and wagon like the old days and go around with the horse and wagon just as if you're in a car. Or you could you could ride a bicycle and put some signs on it and start conversations with people. Right, bicycle. Um, indeed, a bicycle. Uh, you know, is 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 a way to get is certainly an effective way to get around uh, without having a driver's license. It doesn't cause the uh, the stir that a horse would. And um, there's many laws that surround riding a ho- horse that uh, you know the, you have rights that the vehicles don't have. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's it's possible to do this in modern society. I think it'd be very odd, but you're going if you. You decide to give up your driver's license. You're going to think every time you get into the automobile, "Do I need to make this trip? Is this a good idea?" Mm-hmm. You wouldn't need to make those decisions on a bicycle or a horse, although you would make them um, in different ways because you'd be out in the hot sun for uh, however long, um, you know, for the ride. So it's, you know, yeah, the horse is a great idea if you're in a position to be able to keep a horse. It's your property or, or a neighbor's property or friend's property. If you're not in a position to keep a horse, then are you in a position – is anybody in a position not to have a driver's license? I mean, you're going to – all you're going to be doing is getting stopped all the time. For one, if you don't have a driver's license, what are you doing putting a license plate on your car? I mean, where's where's your morals? Where's your principles? Well, we don't know if he's if he's no. going to remove a license plate. I, I, he hasn't sure. mentioned that. It may expire at a different time than his, right. than I, his driver's just, license. I'm just saying. If you're trying to take some kind of moral stand on I would licensure – I agree with you. you need to go all the way right you know take the plate off your car make sure that you get stopped every time you take a trip make sure your car gets towed every time make sure it gets impounded every time well now okay yes it's incredibly risky all that's true but nonetheless there are some interesting stories some interesting characters out there uh people steve jobs from apple have you heard about this no he has you know some fancy car right i don't know what it is something really expensive and he has no license plate on his car. The man just drives around everywhere with no license plate. Hey, well, he's a billionaire. He can get away with it. <laughs> okay, tr- maybe that's the case, but uh, I, I, I... How do you know this? I saw, I saw it somewhere. I There's, do, too, actually. Yeah. I saw that, yeah. There was an article about that. So, and then, then, you, then you meet... Then you actually... Of course, you, you hear people that would... Like, for instance, Seth wrote this letter to the editor of the local uh, newspaper there in uh, Northern California, and the comment section is just peppered with uh, angry oh, people sure. and, yeah, yeah, you yeah. need to reconsider you know, the, the, don't do this you're gonna get hurt etc you know all this all this stuff like and then of course people calling him an idiot and all kinds of names and but then at the very bottom there's uh, there's one of those freedom to travel folks pops their head up um guy writes and he says seth welcome home to the freedom that our forebears fought so valiantly for i've been without the driver's license and all that goes with it for over 30 years never been raped or bothered in jail as a matter of fact i've made some real good friends in there and helped them to understand what the beast is up to many are now grounded with good logic rather than just uh angry over being uh you know aggressed against i'm sure that you're going to be having lots of animated conversations with many who think you are a fool i think you've got your head on rather straight now i hope you understand the money issue that goes along with it and are in the process of sending that social security number back to the owners of it uh he goes on to give him his email address in case he you know wants uh, any assistance at this and claims that he has had over 150 citations and counting since may of 1988 
Two municipal judges got so angry with me they stroked out. I've only been to jail for non-payment once, and I've got another muni trial set for September 27th at 11 a.m. Had two different muni judges tell me to get the F word out of their courtroom. I laughed and left because I knew it was my courtroom. Am I having fun or what? Now, it's interesting when you hear these, when you come across these people and their claims, because they always seem so amazing and so unbelievable. Right, right. And the guy did give his email address for what that's worth, so folks, uh, Seth could contact him if uh, if he wanted to and see... You know, see if he could verify what he, what he's saying here. Because if what he's saying is true, then it would behoove somebody like Seth or somebody anybody doing this kind of right. uh, disobedience Most to learn about Most of the people that do that. this kind of disobedience and call in and advocate this kind of disobedience usually want to get your um, your your address so they can send you some mimeographed uh, c- copies of this uh, stuff. You know, this rambling stuff, and uh, you know it's. <sighs> It's not online. It's it's not documented. It's not uh, videotaped. I mean, you 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 just. I mean, this guy at least is talking about how many citations he's had. Hmm. I'd like to see some documents. I'd like yeah, to see some I, evidence. But then you go and if you you know get even further into uh, you know maybe uh, get up here to New Hampshire. I was at the Live for Your Die Fest over the weekend uh, in uh, Jaffrey, New Hampshire, and yeah, I I, I ran into somebody, and I don't know if I if I should reveal who he is. But the guy's got credibility with me. Um, I know his his son, and uh, and I've met this man before. And this man says he has not paid property taxes in 29 years. In addition, he also does not have a government driver's license. <laughs> and I don't know for how many years he has. And I don't recall how many years he has not had it, but I, I believe it is a number of years. And... He has managed to continue living his life and driving from point A to point B. I don't know if he's just gotten lucky. I don't know what all the details are. I didn't have time to get into a whole lot of, you know, detail as far as, well, how do you do this? What's what's the deal? Yeah. But the guy has credibility, unlike the anonymous commenting guy here on this uh, this forum. So. There are well, the some- guy, the, the, honestly, the anonymous commenting guy, at least his story rings true to me. Yeah. It's the, there's there's some real crackpot stuff out there where, you know, they talk about uh, you have to write on the car that this is a vessel. <laughs> it is not an automobile. It is not a conveyance. It is, you know, uh, you, the, the, where they, yeah. they they cover it in these incantations in order to to ward off mm. the evil spirits <laughs> of the uh, deputies or whatever it is that they're doing. I mean, there's there, there's some crazy stuff out there. And I. You know, How what's do you a know what's true? Yeah, what, what's 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 true? What's not? You know, California was the Wild West at one time, and, and I remember when I lived out there, I saw some evidence of some final vestiges of that. In that, uh, I do I did know a few people out there who didn't drive with a license; they had no license, and for many years, and they got away with. There was even one ex cop who, who <laughs> did. Uh, that's and, awesome. Which is interesting. And one time when I sold one of my cars uh, to a guy I knew, we went to the bank to get the money, you know, because he was going to pay me. And and actually the bank, uh, the bank um, uh, representative there, uh, asked him for his social security number because they didn't have it on file. Because when he had opened up the account, sometime in in the early eighties or late seventies, it wasn't even required to give a social security number to the bank. Wow, that's fantastic. And then he had never been back, you know, um, close enough with a rep to actually, you know, get cornered to have to give it. So mm-hmm. he had to give his social security number right in front of me uh, to, when he got his money for the car. Hmm. But. Yeah, I think that there's there were anyway when I was there people who did drive with no licenses and seemed to get by because I think the cops just gave up because 
they they must have had some kind of paper trail or or something or some procedure where they they weren't getting arrested and fined after a while. Well, with this guy, clearly he's continu- They're continuing to go after him, as he says, over 150 citations since May of 1988. So his refusal to uh, bow down to the system hasn't stopped them from aggressing. But what this happens- is what what amazes me though um, on this is what happens to this guy's car. This is where the real money comes in. Yeah, do, do, I mean, you know, how many times has it been impounded? Right. When when they take this guy in, and it sounds like. They're throwing him in jail, um, even though he's not getting sentenced to jail. He's going to jail until his arraignment or whatever. He says he's only been to jail for non-payment once. Oh, by the way, he's only been to jail for non-payment once. But he's been talking about you know how he's been to jail several times, hasn't been raped or whatever, and it's uh, you know it's scary stuff. Yeah, I'd like to bring up something about Mike, Michael Badnarik's book when we come back. All right, we'll do that here. Hour number three is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. If you've got the itch to do civil disobedience, I highly recommend you somehow get here to New Hampshire and then do it here where you can have some at least have some folks backing you up. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features are free. So head over there, enjoy that, and get interactive because you, the listener, are the ones that are creating the content for the website. Thank you uh, for everybody that's gone there and submitted some show prep suggestions. You find something online you think is pretty interesting, you submit it to the website. Other listeners vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion, and the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website. Head over there, get interactive uh, at freetalklive.com. Now then, I said that uh, coming up here, Wayne, you were going to tell us about the Finnish welfare state. You hear a lot about uh, how great things are over in Finland. Oh, it's the best place in the world to live, according to all the state-worshipping magazines and newspapers and such out there. And uh, there's a piece uh, from Mises. All they have to do is write it down, and it's true, right? Yeah, there's a piece from each other. Mises.org uh, that uh, does, I think, is, is working to dispel some of those myths. And it's a fairly lengthy piece, so we're going to kind of truncate it down to the just the section about health care. But in this uh, six-page or seven-page long uh, article, they're talking about uh, the government education. Uh, they're talking about the tax system, uh, the, the debts as well. So there's a lot of information there. Uh, but just to kind of focus on one area where things are really different, because when you're reading through you look at the education section, it really is, it's just kind of a mirror of what's going on here. I mean, to, to, for the most part, it, what, they're, what they've got there isn't that much different uh, from what's going on here in the, uh, the well, so-called United States. Well, the main difference is in Finland, even though they're getting worthless degrees, they can't get jobs with, at least they're not 100 grand or more in debt for it. But, and, and of course, in, in, in these Scandinavian countries, they're always touted by socialists as being so wonderful. Um, these countries don't have a military-industrial complex. They're very small in population. They're very unicultural. 
and uniracial. And, and so there, it, it, and some of these countries have lower corruption, even though there is corruption, it seems to be lower than in other countries because of the culture. However, let's get to, to the article. Progressives in America are often keen on promoting the European welfare state as an argument for big government, not least in the healthcare debate. They point to European countries, often social democratic Nordic countries, as role models with their universal health care, public school system, generous social safety net, and all the happy people who live there. This line of argument got a significant boost when Newsweek proclaimed that Finland was the best country in the world to live in, closely followed by Sweden and Switzerland. And of course, they are happy. After all, there is no poverty in these great countries. The populace is educated. And the people generally don't have a care in the world because the benevolent government is always there to solve every problem. Takes care of everything. It's like running a preschool. That's right. you know, <laughs> is, all, is all you do is you run around and play on the monkey bars and then come in and finger paint. And when you get mm-hmm. hungry, the state gives you a snack. And when it's time, when you get tired, the state the state gives you a mat and you Dad, go to sleep Dad. and take a nap. <laughs> and, and and you know it's just if it's only wonderful. It really, were like that. Yeah. And many people have tried to dis- dispel this myth, but it still persists. I don't presume to be able to put this issue to rest, but there are some things that should be known about this mythical utopia, the, quote, best country in the world, so we're Finland. Gonna... And by the way, this author is from Finland. So oh, should, okay. Yeah, he, he's actually a Finland resident. He's Kaj a... Grusner. Yes. Yeah, it sounds legit. Yes. So uh, we're going to talk about their healthcare system uh, specifically here in a moment, but I just want to go back to something you said a moment ago, uh, Wayne, that Uniracial? Uniracial? What, is, what do you well, mean what by I, that? What I mean is, is, is it's very um, it's a very homogeneous culture. In other words, it's mostly you know uh, uh, white Nordic people there. There's not that much immigration. Well, what would that have countries? to do with uh, the, the size of uh, government, or what would that have to do with the? Well, the... well some argue when they say uh, I've heard Bar- or what's his name from uh, uh, Bernie Sanders from from Vermont argue that yeah you know they they kind of hold it up, but then in the next breath. They they hold it up as this great vision, but then in the next breath they say, "Yeah, but it is it is just one culture there, and it's a small population." So they they actually qualify it in that way, saying that because there aren't all these different uh, constituencies and and um, racial groups and religious groups all competing and um, and all you know at each other's throats, you know that's why um, you know it's easier for them to do it there. And the population small. One can make, I suppose, could make the argument that if people have uh, similar backgrounds and uh, similar ethnicities, similar uh, religious beliefs or whatever, that everybody, most people want the same stuff. So you know, they can focus the population better. They can uh, they can create a, a system that, uh, you know, a bigger system that, that kind of, I don't know, uh, you know, works works for everybody, I guess, is you could make that argument. Okay, it just it's it seemed a little uh, strange to me, but I, I I guess I can understand where you're coming from. Although I don't know if I, you know, I, I think I may, that within, you may not agree with it, but that's what the people yeah, argue. I think are, that right. Yeah. right well, I you think have to within, address the arguments that people make. I think that within five a country of five million people, uh, five point three million people, you're still going to have people at each other's throats over various different things sure. because people aren't. You know, even if they are the same skin color or uh, you know they speak the same language, doesn't mean that they. Uh, or if they have got similar different political parties. These are yeah. obviously stupid and specious arguments, Ian. They're just okay. arguments that people make. I'm sorry, I right. thought Wayne was making that. Uh, no, that no, point. I guess I guess I didn't make that clear. That I've heard those arguments made. That the reason why it works in, in supposedly works in Finland and Sweden in those countries is, is that they're more unicultural and you know that that the people are a little more and, and they're small populations too, as opposed to the United States or some of the bigger countries, and they don't they have less corruption. I remember seeing a study about five years 
years ago that showed Finland had the least amount of cor- political corruption in the world, which when you read this article, you realize, I don't know about that. Yeah. What, and, and what do you what qualifies p- corruption? You know? Yeah. All but, right. So let's talk about the healthcare thing. So like other Scandinavian countries, Finland has universal health care. Uh, this is one of the things many like to boast about. However, the healthcare system is bad by even the standards of u- universal health care. First of all, it is not a so-called single-payer system in the way that you'd imagine a government-run and financed healthcare system to be, i.e. where the central state uh, provides it for and runs the system. Instead, the Finnish system is municipal. Every municipality is formally obliged to provide its citizens with health care. Of course, not every municipality can afford a hospital or even a health center. That is why Finland is divided into, into a myriad of, of health care districts, each served by hospitals and health centers located in some of the municipalities that make up each district. On the face of it, this may seem reasonable and good. After all, what's the difference between national and municipal health care systems? Quite significant one, as it turns out. The major problem with a municipal health care system is it's very restrictive. Only people who are registered in the district are allowed to use the health care services there. If you have an emergency, you have the right to get treatment, but as soon as you're out of the ICU, you have to transfer to a hospital in your own district. Hmm. This has led to numerous cases where people have been shipped around from one place to another at taxpayer expense to accommodate these administrative rules. One of the most bizarre examples of this was when a woman fell ill in the capital city, Helsinki. She was given emergency treatment, but as soon as the emergency was over, she had to be transferred back to her own district, which is, was in the Rovanimali, over 500 miles to the north. Mm. Bear in mind that just because you're out of emergency room, doesn't, you're not necessarily all well and ready to be released. Yeah. Uh, because of the way the municipal health care system is set up, a sick individual had to be driven more than 500 miles to a different hospital. A little inefficient there. Very inefficient. And dangerous. One of the and most wasteful, yeah. Yeah. Oh, very wasteful and, and, and idiotic, really. One of the most basic laws of society is that the more administrative areas there are within one state, the more bureaucracy it breeds. All these healthcare districts, of course, must have their own administ- uh, administrators, which in turn have to liaise through the healthcare officials in each municipality of the district. And they all have to coordinate with the administrators of each hospital and health center. And then you have to have healthcare officials, a whole department full of them, at the national level to top things <laughs> off. Sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. As you can well imagine, efficiency is not one of the Finnish healthcare system's main attributes. Studies have shown surpluses of doctors in some places with corresponding shortages in others. Very few of the municipalities That's can what afford. happens whenever the state tries to allocate something. Whenever some bureaucrat in whatever capital you're talking about, in this case Helsinki or whatever, tries to allocate, well, we're going to need this many doctors here, that many doctors there, all these things. If the marketplace, the invisible hand, as it were, is able to move these doctors around, it works so much more efficiently. And if it doesn't work efficiently, if in that case that it doesn't work efficiently, the taxpayer doesn't have to pay for it. Right, well, a doctor in a uh, free market, and this is not a free market here in uh, the United States, heavily regulated, uh, but you you know, you can make choices to where you go, and you go places where you feel like there's going to be a demand. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got our webcam. allows you to watch and listen to the show. You can also interact because there are other people in there. We've got a chat room built into the same page as the webcam, and it's all brought to you by memory dealers. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com to watch, listen, and chat free cam.freetalklive.com and speaking of memory dealers what's that mark memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs they offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as cisco routers and switches they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100 percent compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99 percent off of list price in stock Ready to ship via overnight delivery, memorydealers.com. So, Wayne, you're sharing with us a piece for, uh, an excerpt from a longer piece about Finland and their welfare state. And it's frequently held up in the mainstream media that Finland and uh, Sweden and other uh, Nordic states are these bastions of wonder where it's just so great to live. Everything is just peachy. And the government just takes care of everybody from cradle to grave, and it is just awesome to live there. Of course, that's just propaganda uh, when you actually, as this man who's writing this, lives there. uh, When you actually get some sort of perspective from somebody who's on the ground, then that could change how you feel about what's actually going on there and we're talking specifically about the healthcare aspect because that's frequently what's uh, one of the one of their programs that is touted most heavily is oh we need to have universal health care like they have in finland well um we've talked a lot about universal health care so-called the government one-size-fits-all health care system I've talked a lot about it on this program, although recently we haven't really touched on it. I think it's been a little while since we really hit the issue. And there are a lot of different uh, important points to be made about government health care and how bad of an idea it is to put health care in the hands of bureaucrats, to put your health, one of the most important things in your life, uh, in the hands of the people that run the post office. I mean, okay, yeah, it's not postal bureaucrats that will be making the decisions, but it they are bureaucrats, and they don't have the same incentives to uh, excellence that people in a more free uh, marketplace healthcare would. And I'm not saying the, U- the U.S. healthcare system is good, and I'm not saying that it's free. It is not, and it has incredible amounts of problems. It's, most, it's mostly socialized. And, most co- of the, and, and corporatized. Yeah, yeah. And, and most of the money spent in the U.S. and on healthcare is spent by governments. So it is a mostly government-run system as well, is. Indeed, but um, you know, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the more free market systems in, in industrialized nations out there, which means that the other nations essentially end up using the United States as their uh, research and development funding area. Because... Uh, so they don't have to pay for it. And also their whipping boy for capitalism, which they, they call the system, which it really isn't. Yeah, so uh, so there's so much to say about the idea of government health care. But what's interesting about this piece so far is the Finnish system isn't even what you expect when you hear the term universal health care or single payer or whatever. Because it's, as they're pointing out, a municipal system yeah. where the Finnish uh, federal government there has mandated that all the municipalities be the ones that are responsible ultimately for providing the health care to their so-called citizens in each area. Which means that... It's 
you might look at that and you might say, oh, well, that's good, competition between the uh, the different municipalities. But on the other hand, what happens is it makes things worse because it, it, you still have all the bureaucracy of government and health care. And then you've got all this these crazy rules, these interlocking rules of what has to happen if you you know get sick in the next county over or, or Canton or whatever it is that they have up there. Uh, the next municipality over, and they've got to transfer people around, and there's all this bureaucracy over top of it, and administrators interfacing with administrators. So it's yeah, and crazy. You, ha- you have shortages of doctors in some areas, not others. And, yes. and, and then he goes on to say that very few of the municipalities can afford to maintain the health care services the law mandates. Health centers have been and are being closed all the time, but no administrator is ever laid off. The central, right. Never. The, yeah, Never. The central government must transfer money to the districts to keep them afloat on a continual basis. In other words, Finland seems to have a central state-run and financed healthcare system, but in reality, it has a municipal system, which has resulted in even more bureaucracy. So multiple layers of bureaucrats. Yes. And he says any country that wants a universal health care system, if they think it's a good idea and they're going to do it, should not look to Finland for, for an example to follow. But one of the great tragedies of this fiasco is the fact that Finland has some of the best private hospitals really? in the world. But because of the universal health care, very few Finnish citizens ever get to benefit from them. Now, the usual reason for that, and again, there's more to this uh, story. It's from Mises.org. It's on the, it's on the Daily Blog today over there? Uh, from yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the reason why most people can't benefit from the private hospitals in Finland or any other place where you've got universal health care is because the, it's just like with people going to private schools here in the United States. I mean, we've got socialized schools. They've got socialized health care. Uh, here, you can't go to a private school, most people, because you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And why is it you can't afford it? It's not because private education is inherently expensive. That's not the case. It's because the marketplace is extremely limited because the government, this monopolistic organization that's based in violence, comes in to to everybody's home and says, you better pay us and we're going to take that money and we're going to build this government school system and you can send your kids there if you want or if you've got enough money on top of what you've already paid us, the, the money that we've managed to extract from you, then we'll allow you to send your kids to a private school or in some places you're allowed to, uh, to homeschool them as, as an option. So they basically just suck thousands of dollars out of the marketplace that parents could otherwise be using to send their kids to a market-based education service provider. Indeed, they also they set the standard of, you know, when for for the the type of education. So private schools, you know, they they don't need to compete in the same way. They're 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 not competing nearly as, as strenuously and the the government education sets um, you know when when they set the standard, the the you know, they set it without any kind of uh, financial regulation, without much financial regulation so the the public the private schools have to compete based on that and you don't have much competition because they're just there's not as much demand for the private schools because what 90 percent of people are sending their kids i mean i'm just picking a number out of thin air i mean i'm just based on the people that i was growing up with it seemed like everybody went to a government school it was very rare that you would encounter somebody that went to a private school but but But, you know something there were a lot more private schools that cater to middle class and, and poorer people uh, say forty years ago than there are now because as as the uh, wealth and and uh, disposable income has been sucked out of society, fewer people can afford uh, to send their kids to private school since they're already paying seventy five percent of their property taxes, which have been rising sharply mm-hmm. to the public school system. And the public school system is a territorial monopoly right. on schooling. So it essentially it milks dry the marketplace. The market demand for for education by just taking the money from people up front 
and then saying to the rest of them, okay, well, if you've got enough money left, well, you can send your kids elsewhere. So it milks uh, the uh, people's money out of them, thereby destroying demand for uh, for education because everybody just says, well, I'm already paying for property taxes. I sure. might as well send my kid to the free schools. And so, therefore, <laughs> you only have a handful, literally in many areas, just a handful of uh, private schools in comparison to the uh, the government schools around. And there's just not enough market competition to really bring prices down and, and service up significantly. And so you get the same thing to some extent with the the government health care, where they're just, yeah, okay, there are private hospitals, but who can afford to go there? The costs are so high, everybody's already going to the government health care, so they'd have to pay above and beyond what they're already paying in income tax and all the other stuff that they're paying for the so-called free health care. I hope that makes sense. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. Add in your thoughts. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. You've got the world's greatest Labor Day barbecue set to go. And then you run out of gas. Don't risk running empty. Change cylinders quick and easy with Amerigas. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio and enter your zip code to find one of 27,000 locations near you. And while you're there, print out the $5 rebate coupon. That'll buy another steak. Keep the grill fired up. Visit Amerigas.com slash radio. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free. This is Free Talk Live. The number you need is 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on our site. We've got a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there, and it's one of the many interactive features uh, on our website that, of course, are totally free. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Uh, and by the way, to get to the wiki, you can just go straight to wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Hey, uh, are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We're talking about health care. And uh, am I recalling correctly, Mark, that it was recently that New Hampshire was named the healthiest state? Of the 50? I don't remember that. Yes, We've it been, has been. The, yes, okay, been thank you, Wayne. the superlative so many times that uh, yeah, I, I tend to forget them all. Yeah, it's, yeah, so Hawaii, it's, Vermont, and New Hampshire usually are in the top three. Vermont and New Hampshire kind of go back and forth as the really? number one because they're, it's a clean environment. People are health-oriented. People are recreationally oriented Well, up in New here. Hampshire, the government's fairly small in comparison to, yes. uh, to other areas. And we're talking about the, uh, the Finnish healthcare system. Where we'll, what started the conversation uh, was a piece over at Mises.org about Finland and their welfare state. And kind of has led into a, just a general conversation about government health care, which I think it's important to, to bring these things up uh, because there's such a... Uh, warped perspective out there about what government health care is and how wonderful it's just great oh you won't have to pay for anything anymore it's free and yeah it's free and and it's run by the government and the government cares about you they love well, you by what by what evidence i mean where where's the evidence that the government cares about you and even if they did care even if they weren't a bunch of heartless bureaucrats and i'm not saying that they're heartless in real life i just think that bureaucrats act a certain way when they're on their jobs because some, they, some are decent they don't have the incentives even the decent ones don't have the correct market based well, incentives if they tried to have a heart and tried to do something the system would stand in their way um, yeah. so you know um, when one of them does pick up your banner and try extra hard for you it's extra 
extra hard for them. So yeah. uh, you know they 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 have the, uh, the the customer service beaten right out of them by the system that they work w- in which they work. Yeah, right. yeah. Even people who go into certain fields for the right reasons because they care about people, want to help people, when they get into a bureaucracy like that and they've realized their hands are tied, there's it all these rules, it beats them down, they can't be who they are and they can't function at a high level. Talk to the veterans who have gone to the, the VA and find out what some of their stories are like and you will hear some of the most hellacious experiences. You remember the story out of, uh, was it the D.C. area hospital? Uh, I don't oh, remember what it was it. called, but it's a major, uh, one of their major VA hospitals, and it was just in just absolutely horrific conditions. Uh, people that were going through there saw what it was, what it was really like in there, were horrified uh, by the conditions that these troops were being taken care of, uh, in, in which they were being taken care. And it is, uh, it, okay, they made a big deal out of it, and it got some attention, and, you know, they, they brushed it under the rug. Yeah, they cleaned the mold off the walls, and, and then back to business as usual. The mold isn't the problem. The mold on the walls is a symptom mm-hmm. of the problem. Yeah, much deeper problem. That's it, right. The, and the symptom is that these are people who don't have the right incentives. We talk about incentives frequently on this show because government doesn't have market signals. It doesn't have the ability to react to what it is that is necessary, what is being demanded of them in the marketplace. Because in the marketplace, you have the ability to take your business elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Defund, one, defund the inefficient, uh, right. uh, ineffective entities. If some, if some hospital gives your grandmother really crappy care... In a free world, you would be able to go to a competing hospital or a competing mm. doctor and right. give them your business. And that would mean that if that hospital that is doing a crappy job doesn't get their S together, they're going to go out of business and be replaced by somebody else who's going to get into the marketplace and innovate and compete and bring some fresh ideas into the marketplace. There's no competition in, uh, in the world of the government health care system. It's one size fits all. And if it doesn't fit you, you get to die. I'm looking at doing some uh, some contracting around my house here, and I've got uh, I called four or five contractors to to do this particular to particular work. I can't do it by the looks of it, and uh, it's going to be expensive and it's a real pain in the butt. But um, I I actually there was a number of these contractors that has hasn't called me back. I, I called, I left a message, I asked hmm. for a quote, and they haven't called me back. This is how the market place handles inefficiency they're not gonna get the grands that i have to spend on this issue the people that are hungriest are the, the ones right, that the ones you. the ones that are willing to do the work the and ones that call back try to imagine what happens when you call the government and leave a message for some bureaucrat to call you back on some issue you're having i've done that before you're lucky if you get a call back it, yeah it's it happens but you happens know, it's, more here in New Hampshire, I think, because people are you know the government yeah. here is a little smaller. You can actually contact the so-called representatives, uh, but it doesn't but change the fact know. that they aren't incented correctly. Mm. So eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The other thing that uh, oh, oh, go ahead, Wayne. Oh, I was going to say that you know in this country at one time it was much more of a cash based uh, healthcare system where you know you paid the dollar the the, the uh, doctor cash and right before ha- the feds got uh, yeah. involved right and, and you didn't have the doctor didn't need to have all these these personnel in his office to fill out government forms to get paid by by Medicare and all these different government programs and um, significant portion of an overhead for a doctor's office. That's right, and this is before all the different corporate entities muscled their way in between the doctor and patient to steal most of the money. And they drove the prices up. 
So if we this this system is going to collapse, there's no question. When you look around you, it doesn't matter what country or what culture, what race, what religion you are, human beings when they're not incentivized properly don't react uh, properly, and and eventually their their scam collapses. And we have worldwide, we have too many people, a growing number of people consuming wealth, and a shrinking number of people producing it. And we're in for a real rough good. ride unless yeah. we can turn it around. You know, yeah, at least if you the- want to fix if you want to fix the healthcare problem in the United States, there's a great article. It's at uh, of two minds yes. com. It's called the Impossible Healthcare Solution. And if you go to startpage.com, search Impossible Solution Healthcare, you will find uh, this incredibly awesome. good, well researched post that gives rates for what it was like when I think it was uh, 1952 mm-hmm. maternity rates. Now try to imagine these are certainly old dollars but they're not that old maternity rates wards uh, uh, starting at care of mother wards starting at $14 semi private $16 private rooms $19 these are hospital rates this is having Jeez. a baby in 1952 you can you can have a, a cesarean operation increases the above charges by $30 oh my goodness now, I understand. I mean, go ahead and tack a zero on the end of these things so that you get some kind of idea of what they would be in today's dollars. I mean, you could very well walk into the hospital with 500 bucks, have your baby, and that's what it would cost you. But it now it's been destroyed. That's been destroyed by government intervention into the healthcare industry. You know, I, I, it's, just, it's just it's incredible. And one you, the, can, you can go read this article. Everybody should read it. One of the oh, other two things that com deserves blog. to be pointed out in this case is how this system, this one-size-fits-all government system, treats the elderly and treats people that are on the, uh, the fringes, if you will, of importance. Because some people are more important to the government than others. That much is true. The people that are most important to the government are the ones that are paying into the system. And so what they end up doing is... Um, if you're old, you're elderly and you're sick, you aren't going to get the same kind of treatment as a 30-year-old will if they're sick in this government edu- uh, this government uh, healthcare system. And you can look across, look at Canada, you can look at different places, you can see stories about this. And why should they? Why should they help these elderly people? They're not paying taxes anymore. They're just taking from the system. So it's not as big of a deal to the government people if the elderly folk have to wait even longer. If the elderly folk pass away while waiting for some sort of expensive treatment, then they don't have to spend the money on that expensive treatment. Oh, they must have been very sick. They have the incentive, the twisted, sick incentive, to actually allow people to suffer and die, especially at the upper uh, ages of the spectrum in the government healthcare system. They're the expensive ones. You want to deny it? It's only because you're in denial. The facts show that to be the case. There's story after story. That's why these people go down to America or other places around the world to get their health care taken care of privately because they can't get it done in a decent amount of time. They'll die in Canada, etc. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752.
Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call to make it now. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. That is, again, uh, brought to you by SACL CAI. You need some collections work done. Visit them. There you, go. you can click on the first banner, the top banner on our website at freetalklive.com to uh, learn more about SACL. Uh, by the way, speaking of freetalklive.com, uh, you might enjoy the fact that our website is free. We give you all those features there, and we charge you nothing. However, there are ways you can, uh, in which you can support this program, and one of them is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. For as little as 3 bucks a month, uh, we will take that money in and reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. You get perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast and more go get the details get signed up with any major credit card paypal some alternative options at amp.freetalklive.com that's amp.freetalklive.com we go over to australia where paul is on the line hello paul hi mark hi Ian. how you guys going hey wayne's here too paul what's on your mind <laughs> hey, tonight hi i was wondering if you guys caught the uh, barack obama uh, where he was caught lip-syncing to his own audio from a, a machine that went wrong or something. Did you guys catch that? Is that a, was that a true story? Yeah, yeah, look it up on YouTube. Barack Obama, and then you see the footage of him, and uh, it, 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 um, it stuffs up, and, yeah, he's caught like that. And then there's another one on the same footage. Uh, uh, I think it was on showing it on CNN or something. And uh, there's another one where um, uh, he's, he's the, the pitch of his voice uh it's going really, really faster than usual. It's um, really quite funny, but yeah. I, what is the uh, reason I for that? I mean, if, and what what is uh, what is the speculation as to why you would want to lip sync? Your own speech. I mean, normally when it comes exactly. to lip syncing, you know, look at Millie Vanilli from the early '90s, probably the mo- one of the most famous cases exactly. of, uh, of lip syncing. Uh, they, you're yeah. lip syncing because you can't sing. In, in, in that case, they had people. <laughs> well, uh, lots they, of most of lip syncing goes on to people's own music because it's been reprocessed. Perhaps they've uh, taken exactly. Barack Obama's voice and made it as convincing as they possibly can. You know, deepen the exactly. deeps and uh, I see. you know raise the highs. The, yeah. to, they they've managed to get the cadence just that sort of uh, uh mesmerizing kind of, you know i don't you know. might be onto something yeah, yeah. i think you might be onto so when, when you play it backwards it says it says uh kill my wife <laughs> i don't know i don't know about that but, but i see where you're coming from making him all the more uh dulcet all the more uh, i guess entrancing yeah. perhaps absolutely you know make it sound like this you know it's like oh my hero Barack obama it feels like whatever they're trying to pump him up to be is completely failing okay well anything else you want to share tonight paul um uh well i mean i can talk for hours but no i'll keep it to that so somebody else can call in and um i'll call again very good sir thank you for the call i appreciate hearing uh from you tonight yeah you're right i mean it's not just lip syncing i think i guess the most infamous versions of lip syncing are where they're not actually singing their own music right at all period you then have other artists who lip sync to their own vocal tracks in a concert in a concert yeah especially if you're on a concert tour and you're playing all these dates you're gonna get real hoarse if you've got to go out there and hit those notes there's that plus a lot of concerts there's a lot of action on stage right so if you're running around and you know doing dancing choreographed and everything it's gonna be hard to actually get good breathing going on and Mm. and do your best appropriate uh methods of uh yeah like you're saying sounding your best and and actually singing and belting out the tune so in those cases it that makes sense um but it's very bizarre that they would they would indeed it is that speech 1-800-259-9231 let's talk maybe he was going horse or something and they 
Yeah. Could be. Let's talk to Ted in uh, Ted in West Virginia on the amp line. Hello, Ted. Hey, y'all. How you been? What's on your mind, Ted? Hey, uh, any of you guys like fishing? Fishing? Now, I can't say I'm much of a fisher. Uh, gents, what about you? My son loves fishing. I, I'm somewhat so boring. I'm somewhat into fishing. Well, it's supposed to be quiet. It's supposed to be relaxing, and that's what people. It's kind of a meditative kind of thing that you do. It's like tai chi. I like to go fishing on a big boat with a bunch of people out in uh, deep water. That's the kind of fishing I like to do. I, I I don't like these the introspective aspect of it where you go you know by yourself with a fishing pole to catch fish. Six I got no interest in that in that crap. Um, you know maybe Sitting with out a, in a dinghy. Maybe uh, maybe with a friend that you can talk to. I can certainly uh, you know uh, go for that, but. Uh, you know, it, I just. What about you, and, Ted? And I want somebody to take care of the fish once I've caught it. Well, I might have, I might have a solution to kick it up a notch for you, Ann, since you think it's so boring. How do you like a gas-powered fishing pole? What? How do you do that? <laughs> what does that mean? Fishing pole. Well, you take yourself a weed eater, one of them ones that has the electric cable running down the shaft to power the electric motor. That yeah, I don't know the, if that's so safe to use around water, but okay, I'll, I'll follow you here. Go ahead. Uh, you take yourself a coat hanger and you run them wires where it would that power that electric motor and you run it to that coat hanger or piece of metal or any kind of work, I guess. And you rev that Sounds engine really up. safe. And if you got it, if you got it, enough electricity running through that electric motor, you stick that bad boy down in the water and it electrocutes all the fish. <laughs> now it don't kill them. But the bigger the fish is, the more likely it is to get stunned by the electric shock going through the water. So then so you just what, throw a net out? Bigger. You just throw a net out and just pull them in? Throw a net out? Hell, you can pick it up. They're stunned. I mean, when that electricity hits them, that just knocks them out cold and they float to the top. So it's you're like tasing fish now. Except if you don't pick them up, they'll start swimming around again. Kids, later. don't try this at home. Uh, I don't know if I can vouch for the safety of Have you that proven this yet? Plan. Have you actually done it, or is this yes. just a theory oh, right it now? It works. I, I actually learned it from a DNR man. What's that? What is a DNR man? The Department of Natural Resources, a you know, government person. Oh, all right. Now, how far does the zap go? I mean, if you're out in a big old lake... How far uh, radius or diameter, if you will, uh, for radius, I guess would be right, from your boat, uh, does it actually affect the fish? That, that's something I ain't sure of, but I know that I've always gotten fish when I tried it. So um, huh. it, it does the trick, but the range, that's something I ain't sure of. Now, do they just kind of float up? The engine, though, do they just, once they get... If you throttle down and rev that engine up, you'll get more. It'll give you more distance. <laughs> Once you uh, once you zap the fish, do they just kind of float on the top? So you can just like scoop them right oh, yeah. up. It, it completely knocks them out. It, knocks, huh. it stuns them cold, and they float right to the top. And if you just leave them there, they start swimming around again. Like it don't hurt. How them long at all. does it take them to come back? If you were to just leave them and you know watch and see, how long does it take them? The bigger the fish, the longer they're out because their body takes up more water and it takes more of a shock. It's fascinating. Now, don't you consider that kind of cheating? I mean, isn't the isn't fishing supposed to be a sport? That, Not when you're hungry. Uh, yeah, I can understand what you're saying yeah, there. Right? I think going to the grocery store is cheating. You cheat every time you go to the grocery store. I'm asking Ted. <laughs> That's a good one. Ted, isn't, isn't it cheating though? Well, is is shooting a deer with a rifle cheating? Should everybody use bows? 
just because the fishing pole with the line and a hook on it's the old way doesn't mean it's the right way. Everybody <laughs> should use a, a flint knife that they keep in their teeth to chase down the uh, the mongrel and yeah. stab it. Oh, well, repeatedly. I'm not much of a I'm not much of a hunting type, so I don't necessarily support any of it. But uh, you know, whatever it is that floats your boat, Ted, you ought to do a video of it and put it on YouTube. Uh, does that exist? Huh? Is there a name for the I'll technique? Like fish electrocution? I might sell some of them at the next pork fest or something. <laughs> some electrocuted fish? <laughs> like agorist fishing poles? What in the world was that? Thanks for the call, Ted. like you electrocuted the cat. It might have been. Let's continue with Leaf. Before uh, you go huh? on, uh, the Obama lip syncing is an onion story. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Yep, sure enough, you're right. <laughs> nice. Okay. All oh, right. I love them. Let's continue here. Go to Leaf in California. Leaf, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. I, um, I was wondering if you heard about the ACTA Act, like or they're passing in a secret act to um, basically censor most of the stuff on the internet, and they're <laughs> using it. Uh, using the front for it is like downloading illegal music and uh, those I, I whatever. Like the drug music or whatever that's on YouTube. <laughs> Have you heard of that? Yeah, the sounds that are supposed to get you high or whatever. The the the, the pulses. Uh, the, I don't know what they're the binaural beats. I think is uh, yeah. as they are called. They're relaxing. The kid, but yeah, but now like there are news stories out there about how children are getting high off of these. Um, <laughs> Of sounds course. of course and you know yeah. of course they're they're licking uh, uh stickers and getting uh, and tripping from on acid and all kinds of uh you know these silly stories that we've been told throughout the years yeah i think that uh leaf i want to thank you for the call tonight we're, we're pretty short on time here but certainly the government people will do whatever they can to get their dirty uh tyrannical mitts on the internet and attempt to crush freedom of speech however i am not somebody who worries too much about it because i think that the folks that run the internet are Overwhelmingly liberty-minded, and at least at least in the area in the of area the internet, for, uh, speech in, on the internet. Yeah, and there's always ways to hack around those yeah. controls. So I don't really get too uh, upset about uh, what might happen because, for all the talk about taxing the internet and controlling and regulating the internet, the government is slow and stupid, and they've had a pretty difficult time of implementing any of their dirty plans. We're done for tonight. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com.